Hello and welcome to another episode of St. George's Rod and Staff, the official podcast of the St. George, the Martyr of Kales River Parish, which includes St. Michael's, St. Mark's and St. Monica's. I keep getting it wrong. <laughs> I will get it right one day, people. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no offense is intended. Um, I am Lindsay Shooters, member of the parish, and I'm joined as always by our leader, the venerable Archdeacon Rodney Whiteman. Father Rodney, how are you doing? Hi, Lindsay. I'm doing very well, and so is my family. I trust the same for you and your family under I'm... very challenging circumstances. Yes, very, very, very challenging, but we, we endure. Absolutely. Yes, we are marching towards Pentecost, and it's Mother's Day. So, yeah, to all the mothers out there, um, I wish you a good day, and I hope your family is leaving you alone, because that's all we need as humans sometimes is a bit of solitude. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Father Rodney, would you please take us through the collective prayer, just call everybody to to prayer and into the mindset for for another Sunday service. Okay. Thanks, Lindsay. Our hymn would have started off with, uh, a service would have started off with the hymn, Ye Know That God, and it's sung to the tune of Hallelujah. um, uh, Ye that know the Lord is gracious, he for whom a cornerstone stands of God's elect and precious laid, that he may build therein. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. The psalmist calls us to worship when he says, Oh, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout in joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. And before this God, we know that our lives are open. So we Pray, God Almighty, come now and cleanse our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit as we seek to truly worship you and enable us to perfectly love you to the glory of your holy name. Amen. And as always, in worship and prayer, we are called to make our confession. For as John says in his letter, none of us can say we have not sinned. All have fallen short. And so we pray the prayer of confession. Almighty God, we confess in penitence of heart our sin and its dark consequences. Do not hide your face from us. Do not turn your servants away in anger, for you have been our help. Do not cast us off. Do not forsake us, O God, of our salvation. And then the absolution, which is crucial to us, knowing that God is a forgiving God. We are meant to be a forgiving people. The Lord hears our loud cries for his mercy as our light and our salvation. Forgive us our sins and let his face shine on us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. This brings us to the collect for the fifth Sunday of Easter. Eternal God, your son, Jesus Christ, is the way, the truth and the life for all creation. Grant us grace to walk in his way, rejoice in his truth, and share his risen life. Lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Morning, Isla. Morning. How are you, sweetie? Good. How are you coping with lockdown and (laughs) COVID-19? I'm not sure what that. I'm either enjoying it or not enjoying it. I do not know. You do not know. And your and your and your schoolwork, how's that been going? Good. Okay, so at least you have some focus. Mm. Yeah. And she does very well. Everything Great. is she's form she's forming a, a good bond with the iPad. All right, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Everything's online obviously. Mm. And you're not ready to kill anybody yet. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Living no. peacefully with your family. Great. And tell me, what grade are you doing this year? Grade three. Grade three. All right. Now, thanks for sharing that. Uh, the, the next question is, I wonder, do you miss school? 
Sunday school and church? Yes, I do. What about it? What about school do you miss? I miss all my friends and I miss all my teachers and I miss the work <laughs> over there. What, what school do you attend? Spark Line Doc. All right, so you are missing the community of the school and Sunday school? Yes, I'm missing it lots. Missing it lots, great. And then church? Yeah, I'm missing church. You're missing church too. Are you, in, are you, are you able to listen to some of the things that we do on, that your dad and I do for the, for the church? Yes. Now, how did you find it so far? Interesting and very nice. Interesting and very nice. All, all, all the compliments must go to your dad, okay? Okay. <laughs> she does and then the, like recording sometimes because we listen to it um, during Sunday lunch. Okay. And then sometimes like they finished eating uh, and a brother and then they want to go play. And, but then they can't make a noise because everybody's listening and then they <laughs> argue a little bit <laughs> I do know that I'm a boring man, so don't worry about that. No, you're not. <laughs> and then the last question, my sweetie. Um, what, what would you like all mothers to know on Mother's Day? What message do you have for them? Um, to just have a great day and... Um, just appreciate of what they've done and family members and the mothers must just remember to love each other and to be kind and just enjoy the Thank day. You very, Thank you very much. But I want you now to listen to a poem I wrote for Mother's Day. Uh, I'm going to read it to you and you tell me if it's okay. Okay. Can, can you listen? So, this I wrote on the 7th of May, 2020. Amidst the coronavirus, a special day appears of a special person we all hold so dear, mother. She is more than a day. She is a lifetime. Mother, sweet mother of mine, the songs the rhythmically said. During COVID-19, she's called upon to care for isolated family and couch potato spouse. With every bit of morsel, lockdown allows to spare. She's like a brooding mother hen, her chicks all in the house. Like old times, she delights herself her mother's love steps out. And I wish all the mothers um, who are still with us, those who are ill, those whom we've forgotten, those who have gone to the eternal rest, that God may bless them all. And we, we, our shout out to them is thank you, mothers. So what did you think about that poem? I think it was a very nice poem. And, and you think the mothers are going to appreciate it? I think so. All right. I'm going to take your word for it, ne? Okay. Um, Isla, I want to say thank you for the conversation, and I hope that going forward we can have a little more, if they keep us down on lockdown, further. <laughs> okay. Would you say goodbye to the congregation? Bye. Thanks, Isla. <laughs> Thanks for allowing that, Lindsay. No worries. Uh, it's it's wonderful. Yeah, she might replace me as a host, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, Father Rodney, I must say I I did empathize a lot. Um, one of the, the recent um, fatalities to COVID-19 that we've had in the country was a nurse from Yesterova who was about to retire. Um, and I just remember, actually, it reminded me a lot of my mom, who also tragically passed, like, it was August, and then the, the next May or the next March, she would have um, she would have retired as well. And yeah, for for families who have lost um, mothers, because uh, we have an alarmingly high number of female fatalities in this country, actually. Yes. Um, yeah, my my heart just goes out to to all of those who have to go through the special day 
um, with, without their mothers around them. Yeah, I heard uh, this morning that another uh, nursing sister passed away as well mm. in the Western Cape. So yes, uh, sympathies to the family and trust that uh, God will receive her into eternal rest after mm. that. Yeah, then just moving into into the, the liturgy of the word, um, I see you've drawn from, or at least uh, the first reading struck me a lot because it's the original martyr. Um, and the original archdeacon, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes, original deacon. Uh, he was the, the elderly, known as... Oh, he the, was, that's true, yeah. Yeah, the eldest of those who were appointed and therefore the archdeacon. <laughs> I see, I see what you mean. <laughs> so I stand in a good, I stand in good company. Uh, yes, um, hopefully not the same good faith, though. <laughs> There's a lot of misinformation being spread in our society right now, especially around the, the lockdown and the there's a lot of assumptions being made about the actual intention behind the lockdown and how it for me it comes down to a choice between it, the economy and the health of our society. And South Africa sadly can't deal with either. So it's not really a choice for us. It's like we have to solve the health problem or contain that. And even, yeah, we can't let that overrun us and the economy as well, because we won't be able to recover from both. So like for, for me, I, I'm still a firm believer that, that the government is doing their best to kind of balance that, that whole equation and that the economic recovery would be far easier than a complete collapse of our of our healthcare system and there's a lot of like i know uh, opposition parties have now been coming after um members of parliament or at least in government in the national assembly uh they've been coming after tito mboweni um because he should act with more courage allegedly and they've been coming hard after cyril ramaphosa and yeah it's, it's just a there's a lot of martyrs in out in the in the public space right now um, what do you have to say about that, Father? Oh, very interestingly, um, you started off making a point about misinformation. Yeah. And um, in this uh, Acts chapter 7, 55 to 60, which tells us about the death of Stephen and uh, the beautiful components of the story, we have um, his accusers who believe that they had the law on their side. Mm. And so... They found him guilty by virtue of his announcements around Jesus and his, um, his witness of the kingdom of God. And, of course, the practical outcome of that was he served. He was a server in the church, uh, particularly amongst the poor people of, mm. of his time. Now, why did what he did have to be in conflict with their understanding of the law. So somehow the law is twisted and those in power could easily um, silence those who are, um, as it were, on the forefront because to serve the tables of the poor is a ministry on the forefront, mm. which is exactly what we're having to, con to have to think about every day. Uh, more than ever before, we've had to think about the tables of the poor, and are they empty or do they have sufficient to keep them going through the day? Now, misinformation is a terrible thing because the the, the, the lovely way in which the, the author puts this is that they covered their ears. Mm. Now, when I listen to our government um, representatives, um, the president and others who have to make decisions, I don't believe they've done this without credibly investigating under the circumstances which of COVID, we, we don't know that much to be able to mm. make proper decisions. And this is across the globe. So I believe, I agree with you, they are doing their best. At least one of the things that we can say is that the um, president is not covering his ears. He is listening to churches, he's listening to business, he's listening to the people. And there's lots of evidence out there mm. that people can tap into. 
Now, I wonder, when, when I listened to him the other day, he said something that I thought was very, very important for me as a South African. He, 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 he used the words of our um, anthem, Kosisikilele Africa, mm. uh, God bless our nation. Here's a man who has this power, leaning on the power of God for, for the people, and so, so Philip, for example, even though he was about to lose his life, mm. what was more important was he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He had a power and a presence within him beyond um, what, what, what was in those who thought they knew the law. He had the, mm. the very presence of God, God's Spirit within him. And we, we are taught he was able to see what was beyond the natural realm. He could see God's glory in the face of death. But what was interestingly, he could see Jesus standing at the right hand side of God. So the very, um, the, the, the presence of heaven was caught by uh, a deeper insight, a deeper uh, um, uh, this vision of heaven was very mm. powerful, more powerful than the death he was about to face. So uh, those whose, we, we probably have to ask, with what spirit are we filled when we criticize, when we think we know what the answers are, when we assume that uh, we know best. And the we know mm. best attitude has brought us into to travel across the globe. I mean, yes. when people are not listening to regulations, the infections grow, the death toll grows. Mm. But yes, one understands, you know, um, if the economy is not around, this is where uh, the other day I, I asked this question, uh, is this the Sabbath rest of our lives in the century where we now have to literally for every morsel depend on God. Mm. And I think that's the time that we are in. So Philip in his, I mean, there's a horrible death to die when, when a credible um, leadership is silenced in the, in, in the, in the violence um, that was, that was, you know, shared with us here. The, what he said, I mean, can you imagine the, the inward um, source he was filled with, that when he was bleeding, he says, Lord, do not hold the sin against them. Mm. So what was in him to be able to say that when your body is being brutalized in that way? Mm. And perhaps, you know, for us, as we think about this in our anxiety of COVID, has God grown within us enough for us to be able to say, even in the face of this dark cloud of the shadow of death hanging over us, we are able still to say, Lord, you can act. Mm. Lord, do not hold the sin against them. Lord, you act in a way that is just and fair and appropriate. So our prayer, therefore, is that God will open the ears of our leaders, that God will not silence the voices of those who speak credibly and with sufficient proof, mm. and that those who think they know what is going on, that their ears will also be opened. Uh, because, yes, the tables of the poor must be fed. Mm. And if we then, uh, as St. Francis said, if we then in this time learn to live simply so that others can live, that will be a credible witness for all of us because there would be enough for all of us to go around and mm. more and more. So Philip's, sorry, Stephen's testimony is crucial. Um, he dealt with the situation with eyes open, not with them closed. Mm. No, definitely. And yeah, it, it's just, again, like coming, coming back to that point of, 
of the ministers and the government is acting on evidence. I mean, there's a big call for them to show their, their methodology now and their rationale behind yes. a lot of the questions. And for me, it's, it's hilarious that cigarettes and the access yes. to cigarettes yes. has become Absolutely. the catalyst for this this entire yes. conversation where it's like, really, guys? You, yes. you really want to do an act that literally poisons your body with every... I'm a former smoker. I'm an asthmatic. Um, those two things don't mix. Um, am I... One of my doctors earlier in, in my life is quoted as saying, and I, I kid you not, um, the day I came in with, with severe asthma symptoms or like bronchitis or something, and he asked me what I've been doing, and I said, no, like I, I smoke and stuff. And he's like, no, what were you doing before that? Because you used to smoke before that. And I was like, no, but I never smoked cigarettes. And he's like, well, go back to doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That was actually <laughs> what a doctor looked me in the eye and told me to do. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, just for clarification and for full disclosure, I quit um, when my wife fell pregnant with um, my first child, with Isla, who you heard earlier, um, because for me as an asthmatic, I also could not live with the idea of letting my poor habits affect the potential health of my child. Um, so that's, that's when I quit. Um, nine years strong. So, yeah. All good. So Ten your ears were open. Your uh, ears yeah. <laughs> were open when the doctor spoke. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> well, eventually, eventually, I was still young and reckless. Um, but yeah, be that as it may. Uh, then, for for our president to then be attacked, to be told that he's showing weakness, that other ministers are like, because he promised that cigarettes will be available, and then. And what I try to explain to everybody is like there's information that you have in front of you now and tomorrow that information changes. So yeah. um, Mr. Lamini Zuma was reacting to the information that had then been put on the table and it was her place to, it, like it was always set up that she was going to deliver that specific message and the information had changed at that point. And it's just weird that people would then take that as like, oh, she's overruling Cyril. And it's like, no, that's not how government works. And there's just mm -hmm. this lack of common sense. And you see it in the Stephen thing um, mm -hmm. where all he was doing, like there were other acts that he was doing, medicals and things, like that all adds to his sainthood. Mm -hmm. But where he was serving the poor, like, mm -hmm. He was part of a group of people who were appointed by the apostles to spread wealth around a little and to take donations and give it to the poor and to feed the needy. And in that same way, we've put government in charge um, to look after our best interests. And like the health of the nation is, is in our best interest right now and yeah. the best that they can. And these are all done via committee. It's not just one oh. person deciding, oh, I don't like that people smoke, so they can't smoke, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah I so think weird. just to tap into there, um, Cyril, in the way that he's managing this with cabinet, is, is, is not acting like a mob. Mm. They, they, they're trying to give, uh, the kind to spread a, a common message through their portfolios. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, they are the basic things of the health of the nation and also life continuing. Now, in verse 57 of chapter 7 of Acts, uh, it says, but they. And, um, and so that gives you perception of the mob mentality. Mm. Uh, and, and those who are coming up against them, I mean, we don't know what information they're sitting with. But isn't this the time when... You gather all the relevant facts and work together for the common good. Mm. But if you have a mob mentality, then you see if then you then you have a, a problem. You, like in this in this story, Stephen is isolated, he's targeted. Mm. But there were others who were doing the same things he was doing. Yeah. Yet he was targeted. So in a way, the president is targeted. In a mm. way. The the um, Tito is 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 targeted, um, but when you listen to them, isn't there a sense in which you which we're trying to say in every uh, aspect of our life, uh, our, our life being governed, mm. there's a common message, 
filtering into that aspect. So Cyril is trying to give the responsibility to all the cabinet uh, ministers for our benefit. What is his game if he's doing this um, to please just certain people or himself? Yeah. And then stand to lose thousands of people. Right now, yeah. for example, the Western Cape is the epicenter of South Africa mm. in terms of the virus. There's a call out this morning from the Western Cape ANC that Western Cape should go back to level five yeah. because of the rapid increase. And again, yeah, we act like the mob. We close our ears, we cover our ears, mm. and then we end up in trouble. Whereas, and we cover our ears with what are we filled? But Stephen was filled with the very presence of God and God's spirit. And so he could see. He could see beyond what we see. And that's, that's, that's what a, a leadership should have. If they filled with God's spirit, you don't only see right in front of you, you try to see down the path further. Yeah. And so I think that's the kind of leadership we have, not the leaders who have the mob mentality. But then just moving into the gospel, um, which is chapter John, uh, 14th chapter of John, verse 1 to 14, they're like, a lot of the mob mentality that you're talking about might be represented with Thomas and Philip, where they were looking for more revelations. They were looking for evidence like the, and I hate to call them out because it really sounds like I ride them so hard, but the DA who is now calling for the minutes of all the NCC meetings that have been happening, where all these decisions have been made about the certain um, regulations around like level four lockdown and the different economic activity that's being allowed um, and where government is turning around and saying, no, but <laughs> these are classified documents, you know, because like science is ugly. Science is an ugly method. It's you have to keep interrogating every assumption that you have, every decision that you've made around every single corner. There's no one answer because tomorrow you might know something new. There might be evidence of something new. And then that completely contradicts what you said before. And that's just that's the process. That's the method we are following right now and it's it's for someone who's worked closely um in this with the science community trying to explain really complex uh aspects of what they're doing like trying to cure cancer like why haven't we got a cure for cancer yet because cancer is difficult cancer presents as many different types of diseases it affects many different parts of different individuals body and it's a case by case and even within one body there might be 70 different types of cancers with completely different genealogies within yeah. like one autopsy. You know? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> now, isn't that interesting? Because very often in life, the answer is right in front of us. Mm. Yet we have to go through various steps mentally, psychologically, emotionally, to be able to actually see what's being revealed to us. Revelation doesn't come to us that quickly. So science is a, is a research methodology. Yeah. Um, one of the things Jesus said to the disciples, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Mm. So, so even in our, the journey of our faith, it is not so simple just to, ha to, to have the answers even though the answer may be right in front of you, because there's so many things that are blocking us from hearing uh, effectively, from seeing effectively, from opening our, our hearts. So this passage starts with the troubled hearts of people. That's an obstacle in itself. And, and then Jesus says, but that very troubled heart or the heart that is troubled the heart that is now obsessed with being troubled, Jesus says, has the potential to believe in God and in God revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. So, so look at that potential. Um, whilst you are dealing with your troubledness, and the troubledness is the very, very thing, and you, you, you said it, 
troubledness is that we think we may know what it's about, and then suddenly we realize that having explored that, new things begin to be revealed. So, so Jesus says, if you're only going to, to, to look at your troubledness, you're never going to be able to realize the potential mm. if you don't add the ingredient of faith. So you are able, so if you're going to deal with your troubledness, deal with it by believing in God and believing in me, and then trust what I have revealed to you. And the very next thing he talks about is this dwelling in his father's house and the whole perception of being included, included into um, the community of God, the household of God in the eternal presence. And then he goes on to say, well, if I'm asking you to believe, then he goes on to say, if it were not so, would I have told you? Now, am I a truth teller by what I said and what I did and your, your community with me for three years? Did I ever lie to you? Did what I say um, give you a sense of the truth, even though you still have to journey into the in-depth bowel of the truth? I have come to give you that, that wonderful gift, which you have the potential to receive and to learn and to know and to grow in and then live, as it were. So is Jesus a truth teller like our leaders right now? We want the minutes. Now, does the minutes reveal what the president, president then comes and speaks out publicly? So... Is the president lying? Mm. So the only um, word of truth that we will believe is if we are given the written minutes. Um, do we not trust the word of our, the president um, as, as it is? Now, of course, mm. his word's not going to be perfect. He doesn't have enough of the information about the cure. There's nothing available worldwide. So he's working with what he knows and then in interpreting that, trying to help the nation to understand right, what behavior do we need to in, embrace to be able to make it secure. So in the whole sphere of life is Jesus telling us the truth. Do we believe him? Mm. Um, and then... Um, they, they, they make a very important point. They said, well, all we, we will be satisfied with. So, I mean, you know, you know people are not satisfied very easily. So all that yeah. we'll be satisfied is if you show us the Father. Yeah. You know. So what did Jesus not do that didn't reveal this? And I can actually hear the disappointment in his heart when he says, I've been with you all this time and you still... Do not know me. That, of course, reveals to us just how, just how um, mysterious and deep this whole thing around uh, who God is for us in this life. Yeah. Um, coronavirus cannot, in our estimation as Christians, compare to the or the 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 the. Um, all of who God is, because we are able to know certain things about it, certain things that it's doing in the bodies of people, but we're trying to find a way in which uh, it can, what what can be applied could address that. Um, um, so if it's difficult to understand the COVID virus, how much more for some people to understand who God is? And yet Jesus says, I've been with you. Here I am. I'm, I'm with you. What do you? In, what did you encounter when you encountered me? Um, that 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 you not yet satisfied with. And then he goes on to this very challenge: If you know me, you will know my Father also. So, what knowledge have you gained? How have you interpreted it? How have you processed it? To be able to say if he's doing this, if he's saying this, if he's being like this, then what do we actually learn from him?
so that our faith in God and our faith in Jesus is able to grow. Um, so knowledge is a very important key. And knowledge comes through experience and encounter and interpretation um, because something was revealed. Mm. So right now we all struggle with that in this context. Uh, what Jesus is with us, but how is he with us um, in this walk of faith? So we've, looked, we've got to look to the cross. We've got to look to when he encountered sick people. So the gospel narrative is of such a radical importance. Then he goes on to make a very bold statement. Now, if you, I'm encouraging you to believe in me. So now I'm saying to you, if in my name you ask me for anything. That's a very radical statement. Through the process of coming to ask Jesus, what would you have learned about him that when you ask him, he, he is always, in other words, what I'm asking him is what he is asking of me. Because I, I don't know what to ask God without Jesus helping me to understand what this is. And so in my name, the, that, that important thing about ask me for, for anything now. Um, when we think of the debate in our nation, people are not in so-called power position who doesn't have the stage of the president assume that if, they go, if we go another route, then our country will be better off than the route that Cyril is taking. Yet, when I think about what the president is doing and what he is saying, he's sitting with information. I have no, I got no, um, I, I, I don't sit in the meetings with the people who, who have had enough experience to be able to have looked at this thing and saying, this thing is doing this to us. This is how we must stop it. Mm. And so what are we being called to do in this time? I mean, am I going to say, Lord, just give me a, a, a quick fix? Or am I going to say, is there a deeper call here that my asking of anything would be something that is going to be for the common good? Mm. So, Lord, make us listen deeper. Make us behave better. As I've sort of stated in the prayer I wrote for COVID-19, I'm asking there that God may give us courage, uh, wisdom, and faith, and mm -hmm. salvation. Uh, what else am I going to... Wisdom taps into the whole thing about the scientific field um, that we need to know. But wisdom also goes on with... Now, the science have given us this understanding. Mm -hmm. This is the behavior we need to have. Yeah. So will we ask Jesus unreasonable stuff? You know, how to cope with life right now? What are the things he's, he, we, are, we are needing to ask him? Um, the, the Lord's Prayer gives us uh, things to, to say. What, what would Jesus want us to ask him? Forgiveness, mm. uh, bread for our tables, um, a heart to honor God. Um, the world to forgive others and to know that with him is the, the, the power and the glory and the mm -hmm. kingdom. So um, this text helps us, for, let me say, helps me as I listen to what's going on in our normal life. Um, that, and, and I remembered this, and I think I said it earlier on in one of our earlier podcasts, there was, the, um, when we were going into the new democracy, uh, the Archbishop Desmond Tutu was, was uh, in an ad, advert um, promoting a kind of attitude we need to have as we embrace something we never knew. Mm. For over 300 years, uh, we read about, it was documented, what was happening elsewhere, but even that is not a foolproof picture of democracy. Mm. And he stood on top of this mountain range and looked upon the valley and his words were, all we need do is believe. Mm. Now, that is radical. 
And that's what Jesus is calling us to. Mm. Yeah. He whom we now, the, the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah, yeah it's interesting that, that you talk about like what questions we would ask if given the opportunity. Like I, I've always said that my my characterization of God is is quite simple, where it's it's a complete unknown that I don't dare even try and understand. I just try and understand what I can see and experience in my yes. own reality. <laughs> yes. I mean yes. that might be a reality yes. that and yeah, if, if you if I place it within the same reality that I have right now like science will find a way to <laughs> yes uncover that corner that I put him in and then he won't be there anymore <laughs> and yes. then what do you do you know? yes. um, so yeah there's a lot of unknowns and there's a lot of things that I know are complete unknowns to me and will remain unknowns but then like to to the point of where people are looking at other other countries and other models like the Swedish model comes up a lot and I wrote um, on my blog this week about it where I did a like I've been fortunate enough to have visited Sweden before, um, about two years ago, and I promise you, like Sweden and South Africa are not even in the same WhatsApp. <laughs> absolutely, no, <laughs> like, absolutely. Like their that country is clean. Like just their, their nutrition is is really clean. There's low rates of obesity. I mean, they have universal healthcare there, um, universal free education. So what they've done is, at the moment, they've They've locked down all of the elderly and life still carries on as usual. There's no social distancing. Um, although public gatherings are limited to 50 people or fewer, universities are closed. Um, schools are still open, but the libraries at the universities and the science labs aren't closed. Um, so they can still live quite normally. They also have a population of 10 million people. They have about 30,000 infected with coronavirus right now. Uh, about 25,000 of those are ongoing. And they have in excess of 3,000 deaths. Yes, more than half of those are above the age of 65. And in these um, elderly care facilities where they've locked down and they've used a lot of social distancing measures to keep those most vulnerable people safe, but those people are still dying. And it comes as a as a shock, um, as surprise to the people in charge that they'd have those massive rates um, of people dying, even though they put certain measures in place. So for a country like Sweden, it's easy for them to make that sort of decision and continue with life as it is, because their hospitals and their healthcare system can deal with 3,000 deaths from a virus. Yeah. South Africa cannot, with five times the population size and enormous inequality, and like we cannot deal with 3,000 deaths because 3,000 deaths would right. mean at least 3,000 people who were in high care in hospital environments. And that would mean countless people who can't get the same level of care who aren't infected by, by COVID-19. Yeah. So it's, 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 you can't base other countries' modeling yeah. on ours. Like our solutions have to be for our population and our socioeconomic factors. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And we, 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 do, we do actually learn from, from other models of dealing mm. with it. But again, when you contextualize it, You've got to look at what your reality is in order yeah. to um, to deal with this. But again, one of the things that that is is very interesting is how right now um, science, religious faith, and morality are being brought together in a conversation around how we deal with um, this virus and its effects that it's already had over 3.9 million people infected uh, thankfully the rate of, of 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 recoveries are quite high in comparison to the rates of people dying but as we would always say one death is 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 too much mm. um, i've got two books on my shelf one is called science the undertaker of god and the other book that says science is the language of God. Mm. So mm. in this context, um, when we think of science, it's, it, it has a sense in, 
to, to seek the compassionate cure. Morality is to seek the compassion for the common good of everybody. So it deals with our, our behavior. And religion enables us to believe that we are not on our own to deal with this, that we can call on a higher power to enable. So all three should be held in tandem with one another and then contextualize uh, in, our, in our context. Um, mm. it's, it's making, COVID makes the playing fields level. Doesn't matter how much money you have, um, you cannot buy a cure. Mm. So all of us have to learn to face this, not from selfish individualism, Mm. but to look at it, the common good of all. Right now we can see the ill effects of apartheid. Why, mm. when so much space was given to white folk um, and then they make up uh, 1% of the population and yeah. then the, the other populations have to live in, in, in trenches close to one another where such a virus can have huge effects. I mean, I can't, I can't even imagine that Mitchell's plane is over 200 people, Kylie's mm. over 400 people, and that just shows you that if equality was in our in our country way at the beginning, we wouldn't have had the kind of problems we're sitting with in some of the um, in some of our some of our communities. But I certainly believe that. Um, we are called to bring all of those three components, and the economy also has a has a part to play. Mm. Um, so, I, I I think that we we have I think we have the the person leading this country at, at the current moment as the person that should be leading the country at this moment in the person of Cyril Ramaphosa, and we need to. I mean, I'm confident in the fact that our Archbishop has a rapport with the president. Yes. So, at, and at the South African Council of Churches has a rapport with the president. Not to come in opposition to him, but to say, how do we take this thing together? Mm. And for me, that is the, the, the way forward um, for us to be able to get through this thing together. Mm. And then to, to celebrate the people who sadly have died as a result of it. Yeah. No, I, I fully I fully agree with you there. I mean, this is the same Mr. Cyril Ramaphosa in his non-presidential <laughs> capacity. He was the one of the original um, benefiters of the the financial benefiters, economic benefiters of the the move into freedom. Yeah. Him and Saki Makazoma, uh, they they amassed magnificent fortunes um, and then he also helped set up the trade unions which I actually only yeah. learned through interviewing an international business person where he was like Cyril is the guy who should be leading you because he's the guy who's going to transition you into the workforce of the future because he knows how to un how to negotiate like that side of the table as well because he yeah. was the guy who set all that up General but just in yeah yeah, yeah gen uh, the general secretary of the of the Kosato. Yeah, yeah, so he's been on the on the ground as well. Yeah. Yeah, and then just just in closing, and I, I mean we, we do need to wrap this up. Just um, on the stoning of Saint Stephen or Stephen, as I like to say, it's very confusing. Um, yeah. The the great Dutch artist Rembrandt, um, his first sign painting as a 19-year-old was actually the stoning of St. Stephen. And in the background, it's also, he places himself amongst the crowd um, as one of the faces. It's also the first um, self-portrait that is noted of his. And that was painted out like in 1625, I think, was the first time. Yeah, and it's just interesting that he would put himself in the crowd that was stoning like Christian Christianity's first martyr. Um, as his as his first signed painting, it's just just a weird thing. I'll I'll link it down in the wow. podcast description just to go have a look at it. But yeah, just to be able to place ourselves, have the empathy to place ourselves in the mob 
and try and see the person who we are attacking's point of view, I think is, is, is the point that he was trying to bring across there. Well, you know, one of the one of the um, greatest uh, apostles of the church is Paul, and Paul was the witness who stood watching, um, yeah. and he was a witness that um, didn't do anything to stop it from happening. Um, so, mm. choosing sides, he was on the side of the mob. Um, so, yes, the story calls us to reflect and say, what side would we be on? Um, uh, one of the things about the the painting that you're talking is how the um, how these middle middle aged um, artists captured religious um, narrative in um, stroke painting and realized how important those narratives were, um, and and maybe Rem, uh, Rembrandt's. Um, uh, way of looking at this was to say, I'm as guilty of this murder of a good person who was doing good things as anybody is. Because mm. that's how the world operated. We martyr people for doing good. Yeah. We witness, but we say nothing. Um, whose who's witness then lasts longer? We have Stephen's name embellished in the gospel narrative. He's part of history. Mm. Those who murdered him are part of history for the wrong reasons. So that calls us today, are we part of history now for the right reason? Or are we part of history for the wrong reason? And that's the challenge I have out there for me and others as we look at this COVID virus pandemic. Yeah, so if you can take us briefly through some of the, the prayers um, of, of the church for this week. Thanks, Lindsay. Let us pray. We address God by remembering the song of Tezai, O oh Lord, hear my prayer. When I call, answer me. Lord, hear my prayer. Come and listen to me. Listen, Lord, fill our hearts with Easter joy. Lord, our way, our truth, our life. Come and inspire your church with vision and a vision to see your glory and to see Jesus and build it into a spiritual house for you. Expand the vision of our political leaders so that they may embrace respect and dignity for all. Strengthen the bonds that make for cohesive living, and particularly in family homes, in the wider community and nation, continents, and the global um, uh, family life. Also, Lord, um, we pray for troubled hearts that you may ease them and that you may enfold them in your love. Make the light of your countenance give hope and peace. And then we ask you to prepare a place for us, which you promised to do, to take us to be with you forever. And that's why we call to mind all who have died in this week, ask you to carry them to yourself. And then as the, as the um, smarter Stephen prayed, in conclusion, Lord, receive our spirits. We continue to pray the prayer for COVID-19 and for all of us, and particularly those infected, those who have recovered, those who have died, those who are critically ill, and those who are giving ministry on the forefront uh, of all of this professional medical staff and our security staff, the essential services, and also families who have to look after loved ones. 
author of Life in Healer of the Nations, grant us courage to face our trial, wisdom to find relief and faith to live responsibly, and grant us your salvation for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. And we continue Amen. to greet you with the peace of Christ. The peace of the risen Christ be with you always. Our offer to him for is Christ, the Lord is risen again. Christ has broken every chain. We are still practicing communion through spiritual communion. And so the Lord is here. God's spirit is with us. We ask, Lord, to silence all voices in our hearts but yours. When we listen to Jesus as he reveals himself to us, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Now let us make a special effort to realize the presence of Jesus in our soul and make our act of spiritual communion, savoring imaginatively the body and the blood of Christ. And so I encourage you to Sing with me. And now, so we come, O oh, draw us to thy feet, most patient Saviour, who canst love us still. And by this food, so awful and so sweet, deliver us from every touch of ill. In thine own service make as glad and free, and grant us never more to part from thee. Let us pray with the risen Christ. Our Father in heaven, grant our Lord Jesus Christ, as the hem of your garment, touched in faith, healed the woman who would not could not touch your body. So may the soul of your servants in every home in the parish be healed by like faith in you. For you are the one to whom we say, come into our hearts, Lord Jesus. There is room in our hearts for thee. So we receive by spiritual communion your your body, which saves us, your blood, which refreshes us. And then with the hymn writer, our communion hymn says, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, give thanks to the risen Lord. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, let us give praise to God's name. For Jesus is Lord of all creation. He is the King of creation. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And so we conclude our service with thanksgiving, prayer, dedication, blessing, dismissal, and our recessional hymn. We give thanks to the Lord who is gracious. We thank God that in Christ he has spread a banquet of abundant life before us and invited us to eat and drink with him our shepherd and guardian of our souls. Let us pray. Father Almighty, we offer ourselves to you as a living sacrifice in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Send us out into the world in the power of the Holy Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. May God bless us with wonder at creation's glory. May God bless us with the fury of creation's spoiling. May God bless us with courage at this critical hour. And may the blessing of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit rest upon us and on all creation this day 
and for the future to come. Amen. As the community of Christ, let us go to love and serve the Lord. Let us go in peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And as always, we go in the name of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our recessional hymn is thine forever God of love. Hear us from thy throne above. Thine forever may we be here and in eternity. Thine forever, thou our guide, all our wants by thee supplied, all our sins by thee forgiven. Lead us, Lord, from earth to heaven. Thank you very much for participating with me in this act of worship during COVID-19 level 4. We ask God's continued blessings upon us all, upon our nation, leaders, and our people upon God's church. God's world.